0: Everyone and welcome to the Royals Rundown podcast with myself, Jake Bellham and the man on the other side of the horn who once won second place in the, uh, in the county beauty pageant, but unfortunately that was with animals, not with humans. It's Jeremy man. Greco. Jeremy, how you doing, man? Uh, I still
1: think I was robbed.
0: Honestly, yeah, you, I, I imagine so. I, uh, I heard Haley the hog got some. Uh, she bought off some <laughs> of the judges. <laughs> Oh, man, oh, man, oh, man. Well, hey, we got some good news to talk about with the Royals this week. But before we go any further, please make sure you go check out RoyalsReview.com for all the latest Royals news, analysis, and updates. Plus, you can follow Royals Review on Twitter and on Facebook. Yes, Jeremy, I am uh, I'm, I can't buy into X anymore. I'm just going to keep calling it it's, Twitter, man.
1: I'm, I'm telling you, it will not be X forever. It will go back to being Twitter. I, I guarantee so. it. I will yes. bet money if you want me to
0: let let's not because um, okay. all of our listeners aren't in a uh, betting legal States, if you will. That's, so I don't, I, 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 give myself for trouble. The best.
1: I don't, I don't actually know if I'm in a betting legal state. So maybe <laughs> I should like look into that before I start offering to like break the law on yeah. public audio. That is very true.
0: But speaking of Twitter, you can follow the podcast on Twitter at Royal rundown pod. You can follow me on Twitter at, at Jacob Milham Casey, and also you can follow Jeremy on Twitter at Hikaius. That is H O K I U S. But Jeremy, let's go ahead and hop right into it before we talk about the seven-game winning streak that the Royals put together since we last talked. Let's talk about some of the transactions. Um, there is a Barlow
1: back in back in <laughs> Kansas City, man. <laughs> I, I, you know, it, it just you can't you can't go without a Barlow. I know, it is, right? This is an important grain in uh, in our society, or no? Wait, that's barley. Yes, I'm yes, I'm gonna show myself butter. out
0: now. Okay, well, please, um, exit stage right. I um I'm unsure what the stage is in an audio only format, but that is
1: okay. Uh, the the Royals want, claimed. Go ahead. Do you want uh, Do you want a little theater background tidbit? Yes, please. Exit? I would okay. exit stage left. Is is the pseudonym for "Go to Hell." Oh, really? Uh, <laughs> yes, because uh, back in the day, they had the, you'd have heaven and hell. And I don't remember what play it was, or if it was in multiple plays. But that mm-hmm. was if, if you went stage left, that was where hell was, and if you huh. went stage right, that's where heaven was. So if, if somebody says "exit stage left," they're saying "go to hell." That is
0: uh that is very interesting. Well, I would like to tell my cat to go uh exit stage left because she is currently <laughs> chewing on my headphone wire. If you can see my headphones like disappearing every now and then. That is what's Brilliant. going on. I know, right. Brilliant. All right, hey, but back to the Royals. Let's not get too derailed here. Right. Um back on August 4th, the Royals claimed reliever Joe Barlow, um, of no relation to Scott Barlow, as far as I know um he was currently he was previously with the Texas Rangers he is currently with the Omaha Stormchasers um a i wouldn't call it like a like an underrated movie he has more than 20 saves to his name over the past few seasons so there might be something there and uh the royals desperately need some bullpen help as we have seen during the Philadelphia Phillies series but um we shall see what he can put together and then let's see who else James MacArthur, who put together a decent showing in Sunday's series finale against the Phillies. He was brought up from the Omaha storm chasers and then Taylor Clark, the man that we all know and love out of the bullpen landed on the 15 day IL retroactive to August 3rd for right elbow inflammation. So that is a, that is never, never good to hear about from a, from a pitcher. So we'll, we'll see how long, Mr. Clark stays down there. Yep. Uh, it's listen, man, it's a, uh, there, there isn't any major transactions on, on the wire right now. A lot of just shuffling around in the bullpen. It's we're still kind of in the ripple effect of the trade deadline where teams are like, okay, well, we're gonna, we're gonna move on or we're going to give this guy a shot. And um, Hey, the Royals are kind of in a, in a similar spot. The one thing that is not on the transaction wire yet is probably yet. the biggest one. Yes, yet. I emphasize yet. Um, it's Salvador Perez. He left yeah. Sunday's game with a left-hand contusion. And let me tell you what, Jeremy, watching the game, um, it didn't It didn't look good. It also didn't sound good. Oh, because no. This is it was very loud. <laughs> it was. And that is never good when you could hear that the- on the Major League
1: broadcast. Ryan Lefevre was initially convinced that it had to have hit his elbow pad because it was so loud. Nope. Right on the hand. He just crushed his hand between the ball and the bat. Yeah. Um, I mean, so Tyron that, Walker apologized, so at least there's that. I'm sure that makes Salvi's hand feel much better.
0: <laughs> uh, I I certainly hope it didn't. I If that's how injuries work, then we need to be talking to Brad Keller about, I, I don't know who needs to apologize to Brad Keller to make him Brad come Keller's back. Brad Keller's
1: injuries are not physical anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah, but we've detailed that before. We don't need to go back into it. Yeah, Jeremy, I am. Um, I'm not too optimistic about Salvi. What's the word? Finishing out this road trip with the yeah. Royals, I uh, I think he might be heading back to Kansas City a little early to uh, get evaluated they, and see what's going on there.
1: I didn't think about this during the game. They moved Freddie Fermin from designated hitter to catcher, right? And I didn't think about this during the game. But MJ Melendez was in the outfield for yeah. this game, and. Uh, he's allegedly a catcher. I know he hasn't caught in a while, <laughs> but they chose to sacrifice their designated hitter rather than move MJ Melendez behind the plates. So that tells me they are really, really dedicated to this idea of MJ Melendez is playing the outfield so he can remember how to hit the baseball, <laughs> um, which, which tells me Salvi's got to go on the injured list because you can't yeah. play with one catcher no you
0: really can't that is man that is a gamble and i i understand you gotta you have a good emergency catcher situation but you don't want your emergency guy to be your primary backup as well right so i am i'm banging the drum i thought logan porter should come up the first go around when nick when nick frado went down if uh if logan porter doesn't come up and when salvi lands on il i don't know when he when he can
1: and- he, he should just go on the I.L. Like, let's not yeah. play games here. Let's play it safe. The season is lost. Salvi mm-hmm. can sit out for 10 whole days. Like, oh, let's say that it's, the injury isn't serious and he could come back in a couple of days. Oh, no, he sits for an extra week. Like, what's the harm? There is no right. harm in that. So let's let's look at let's take this opportunity to look at Freddy for me and let's play it safe. Let's bring up a Logan Porter to back him up, maybe play some first base instead of Matt Duffy and Matt Beatty. Uh, <laughs> please, please. Um, and, and let's let's move on with our lives here. I, this is it's not even a 15 day DL situation. It's a 10 day or excuse me, a 15 day IL situation. It's a 10 day situation. Mm-hmm. So we're not you're not you're not losing much if you put him on and he didn't really need it. Right. Exactly. So we'll uh
0: we'll keep tabs on that. Hopefully the team will have something official here in the coming days. <laughs> I'm hoping, you know, Monday, Tuesday, somewhere in that time should, frame at least. Should be tomorrow
1: before tomorrow's game.
0: Yeah. I I well you, you know the Royals sometimes they can drag their feet especially when it comes to injuries it feels like.
1: Yeah, but it should be for
0: tomorrow's <laughs> game. <laughs> That's the uh, that's the operative word should be. <laughs> but that's it for transactions, Jeremy. Let's go ahead and get into the uh, the major good news of the past week of Royals baseball. It has been nearly a week since the trade deadline when we last spoke of uh, the actual, you know, the team for once is actually winning ball games. It's I know color. I,
1: me surprised. I turned on the game Friday night just because I was like, you know what? The Royals are, might be fun to watch tonight, and I don't think I could say that at any other point this year. Might as well enjoy it while I can.
0: Exactly, exactly. Yeah, man, they put together a seven-game win streak, um, so seven and three in their last ten games, and during that stretch, like, it was pretty dominant both with the bats and with the pitching. They outscored their opponents 47 to 26. They nearly doubled mm-hmm. up their opponents, which is, hey, I'll I'll certainly take that. Bobby Witt Jr. making history in that span, Freddie Fermin, you know, making a case to join the core, which we're going to be talking about later on, that core a little bit. Two walk-off wins. And this here's two tidbits I didn't really realize until later on. That 6-0 homestand was their first undefeated homestand since 2016. Like that's oh, the wow. last, that's the last time that this team has really been competitive, period. Over a entire season, that is. So that was kind of cool. Austin Cox, he got his first major league baseball career save. So kudos to I him.
1: I would not have put money on. Happening. I know, right? <laughs> I, I, they were uh, like Carlos Hernandez, you are got to pitch the seventh because that's when the tough guys are are coming up. So no yeah. save for you tonight.
0: Obviously, yeah, that was uh very surprising. But hey, you know what, Matt Cutreiro, he gave his thoughts on the the bullpen management I, stuff like that.
1: If it was Matheny or Yost, no way Cox gets in there no. for that save situation. They they would have gone with a more experienced and l- less quality reliever. They would have been yeah. like Nick Whitgren or you know just anybody who's pitched more in the big leagues than Austin Cox, because they they just don't they never trusted the young guys. So, and, and hey, if you want to find out, you know, if you're looking for you know, what's Cotrero do different that's one thing he does different
0: that's true that's true and that definitely
1: plays into
0: the whole evaluation scheme in my opinion austin cox is a member of the 2018 draft class and we've already gotten some pretty good looks at the major players in that let's uh let's see if austin cox is uh, going to be at least a fringe
1: member of of this team moving he, forward he looks like a solid bullpen piece he does at the very least i mean it's it's still early days but I'm I'm intrigued for sure. I listen. I banged the drum for him to get a
0: better shot at being a rotation member, and then I immediately ate my words. I think it was like the next start was awful. So I, if you yeah, but he's be, only gotten
1: what like two starts, one start, even you can't I, I base the so. entire
0: analysis off of that. That that's true, but still, he is he is at least producing out of the bullpen. So I am uh, I'm very happy to see that. And then you you wanna know what I was even more happy about. I'm gonna pull out my little notebook here for this one. Jordan Lyles, he recorded two wins, <laughs> two whole wins in that seven game win streak, Jeremy. Aren't aren't you excited? Doesn't I'm, that make it all worth it?
1: I'm so excited, can't you tell from the excitement in my voice, just how excited I am about <sighs> Jordan Lyles. Can't even can't even make it all the way to the end of that sentence. I'm so breathless in excitement. And this has been the Royals Rundown podcast presented by NPR. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, nah, man, it was I was very surprised to see that Jordan Lyles got those got those two wins. It's I mean, not like he was shut out, but I mean I don't think any of us saw a seven win seven game winning streak coming no. at all. No. <laughs> That was well. I mean, it's not like they had what's the word gargantuan opponents. I mean, the yeah. Twins came to town. They're leading leading the Central, but that doesn't really say a whole lot this year. It, it doesn't
1: take gargantuan opponents to beat the Royals
0: this year. <laughs> That's true. That is true. But hey, listen. After that seven game win streak is all said and done, the Royals' record currently sits at thirty six and seventy seven. They are finally well above 300 on the on the year. Thank goodness. I think they were like at 280 for the longest time, it seemed. And they are, let's see, they are 22 and a half games back in the AL Central.
1: <laughs> uh, I, I think I noticed it was, it was Thursday or Friday. I was like, oh, hey, they've won so many games in a row. I wonder how they're doing in the division now. Oh, 21 and a half. Back. yeah and and so that got worse since then too <laughs> <laughs> listen the
0: they are at least encroaching upon the uh the Chicago White Sox who are absolutely imploding. We'll talk about their um issues on the field later on in the show because uh, yeah. the talk of all of baseball um the the twins they are really putting some more distance between themselves and the guardians, so. I'm. I'm just kind of.
1: are not exactly covering themselves in glory right now, no, regardless they're, they're of not. Uh, on-field incidents to be discussed later. <laughs> that is true. That is
0: true. But Jeremy, before we move on from the win streak, because let let's be honest, the Royals <laughs> they dropped the series today against the Phillies. They're now on a two-game losing streak, which we are much much more accustomed to this season. But before we move on from the win streak, what what was your thoughts in there?
1: Oh, just Bobby Witt Jr., man. He is is having a star turn. Of course, he was sitting on the bench today, Um, which I get it. Guys need days off. Um, We watched Witt Merrifield wither away because he was doing that game streak, and he's gone to Toronto this year, and he's actually secretly been pretty good. Um, I I assumed he was a dud, but I went and looked at his fan graphs the other day. I think he made the all-star game Yeah, he for did. the Blue Jays. Yeah. yeah, I was like, how did that happen? So I we went and looked him up on fan graphs. I'm like, oh, he's actually playing good this year. Maybe <laughs> if the Royals have given him breaks every once in a while. I know, right? um, Who knows? But, yeah, it was a little disappointing to be like, oh, we have a chance to win a series against the Phillies, and our best player is sitting on the bench. Um, But I yeah. also, like, I do get it. Guy's got to have days off day game after night game is a good opportunity. Uh, Yeah. So, but Bobby Witt junior, he's, it's not just been the seven game winning streak. He's been good, but you know, that kind of, kind of put him out there for everyone. Like the Royals won seven in a row. How are they doing that? Oh, Bobby Witt junior. Look at what he's doing. So it kind of, he's been hitting for a while, but this was kind of his, his moment in the sun where everyone was like, Oh, wait. The Royals, they're still a baseball team. Oh, Bobby Witt Jr. <laughs> plays for them,
0: and he plays pretty damn good, if you if you ask me. Yep. So he, uh, he he landed on MLB's team of the month right alongside Whit Merrifield, who is the right. selection at second bla- base. So that was kind of <laughs> cool to see that combination. Uh, listen, by by the time you're listening to this podcast, you know about all the accolades that um, that. Bobby Witt Jr. racked (laughs) up since we last spoke the the 2030 was certainly the biggest one um I do want to say you know there was some pushback on the oh well it, it was you know the whole debate over like oh well Patrick Mahomes what only started one game in his rookie year so you can't count some of those stats folks are saying that about Mike Trout and Bobby Witt Jr. because like oh Mike Trout only had forty games, but in his first two full seasons, he did the twenty thirty
1: thing. Yeah, he it's- wasn't he wasn't good. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> his first forty games, or maybe he would have played more. Uh, I I don't care if 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 you want to say Bobby Witt Junior is playing as good as Mike Trout. That doesn't bother me. Yeah. That makes me excited. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I, you and I weren't podcasting when Bobby Witt got promoted last year, but I watched his swing in spring training and in the early year, and I said, man, he looks a lot like Mike Trout when he swings his bat to me. I, I'm i excited for this guy's future. And then he wasn't as good as we hoped last year, mm-hmm. uh, but I kept saying, you know what? Mike Trout wasn't good immediately when he was promoted, so let's try and be a little bit patient. Uh, and and the patience is paying off, even though I may have uh, not been not f- followed what I was preaching necessarily. I may have been ready to move on from Bobby Witt at times this year, <laughs> uh, but we won't talk about that. We'll talk about the fact that I said, be patient and yeah, Bobby yeah. Witt Jr. might come around.
0: <laughs> Obviously. Thank you, Jeremy, the the truthful prophet <laughs> right there. I love it. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a quick ad break. Coming up on the other side, we're going to hear from Jeremy about some very important charges levied against the Royals. Plus, we're going to be talking about our core and how that is kind of looking so far. Stay tuned. And we are back here on the Royals Rundown podcast. So, Jeremy, I know over the, I want to say past three weeks now, is like when you started the whole, you know, protest of, oh, it's been a of little the royals. Bit longer than that. Has it's it been been a, really? It's God, been
1: dude. almost two months, I think. Oh my gosh!
0: Yeah, time flies when you're losing. Um, <laughs> it's been three weeks since I stopped protesting. Really good. Yeah, God. that's that's probably what I'm thinking of. Yeah, but there you go. You were. You, you you've talked about it on your Twitter before at Hakayas on Twitter. Um, you've wrote you've written about it on RoyalsReview.com as well. But you do have an update for us in regards to the so let me let me get the listeners up to speed a little bit to my understanding yeah, yeah. the labor negotiations themselves are done for
1: a little while. That is my understanding is that the Royals did reach an agreement with the SEIU local number one. Uh, a three-year deal to, you know, get their their stadium services done. This is ushers. This is grounds crew. This is bathroom attendance. This is ticket attendance. This is uh, parking attendance, you know, all that stuff.
0: Yeah, this is pretty – I would call it about 90% of people who make game day happen. Yeah, from, it's basically everyone
1: – Not on the field, not in the front office, not at the concession stands.
0: There you go. Concession
1: stands are a whole different union.
0: Yeah, that's I didn't even think about that. So they'll they'll have to deal with that. But, um, Jeremy, you did you did some digging. You had to do a a FOIA um, application of Freedom of (laughs) Information Act, which is (laughs) I never would have thought that in regards to the Royals. But what did you learn this week?
1: so uh the n l r b has a website, and on that website they have the 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 case files for all of the cases they're investigating among those are the uh the case where the s c i u local number one charged the Royals with uh bad faith negotiating um that case has been there since i think may um and the n l r b website is actually pretty nice. And uh, they have a little follow button on there and you can click that and you get notifications uh, when the case is updated. And uh, last week now, because it's Sunday as we're recording this, um, on August 1st, amended charges were filed. Um, And what that means is, I'm not entirely sure, but what I can tell you I get from that is um, in the original documents, filing documents, there's not... Uh, specific um, things put in the original documents that say, you know, the Royals did this, the Royals did that. Mm -hmm. This amended charges document is seven pages. Good, Seven pages of specific accusations of bad behavior on the part of the Kansas City Royals baseball team. Uh, And for those of you who are are probably sitting out there going, oh, this is just uh, playing the media, unions always complain, blah, blah, blah. The first document says, "If you are lying on this document, <laughs> you are subject to fines and prison time." They're not Oof. just making this up because they think it's fun games. They because that's that would be a really bad reason to go to prison. <laughs> yeah, and I don't but... think these people want to go to prison. They got better things to do. Um, and so I, I don't want to you know go over the whole list of yeah. things, yeah. but. Um, I did want to talk about a couple of the things on here. Okay. Um, so there were some, some bullet points as far as the bad faith bargaining, um, what would happen there. And, and we've got uh, failing to meet at reasonable times and locations, uh, which dovetails in with another thing that I saw in there that uh, the Royals would cancel negotiations and then blame the union for not showing up to the yeah. canceled meetings. Um There's also failing to designate representatives with authority to enter into agreements. So that's if someone shows up to your labor negotiation meeting and they don't have any authority to to agree to anything, wasting everyone's time. Um, engaging in dilatory tactics to delay agreement, and that's delaying tactics. Just, you know, we're not agreeing to things when we should. Um, expressing futility and bargaining over non-economic terms. So that's saying that's basically the royals came to them and said the only thing we're willing to talk about is wages. Uh, We're not willing to talk about scheduling. We're not willing to talk about safety. We're not willing to talk about anything else, um, which is, you know, obviously not very cool. Um, Engaging in regressive bargaining, which is when you go backwards off of a position you said you would agree to um, and engaging in direct dealing with unit employees at the bargaining table. So that's when um, you basically go around the union and try and get people to say that they'll agree to something uh, when when you're supposed to be going through the negotiating team instead you're going directly to employees. Um, the other thing that I've noticed in this document that was really interesting to me um, is some stuff that seems like it kind of affects the fans, uh, not okay. just, not just the labor unit. Um, so I thought that would be of interest to people. Yeah. Um, and one of the things in here is that uh, there's, there's stuff in here about how the Royals uh, unilaterally, uh, implemented automatic ticket taking systems without consulting the union. So that's, that's jobs lost or, you know, hours lost. Um, but it's also less customer service for Royals fans showing up to the park. Um, and then there's this other thing in here that I had to actually ask about because I had never heard of it before. Um, they had limits placed on clovers at the parking gates, Um, and if you go to the Royals website, one of the things you'll see is that they say you have to pre-purchase ticket ticket or pre-purchase parking and actually tickets on the MLB app ahead of time. But what it turns out is there are these clovers, which are basically, uh, according to what I was able to gather from union reps. Um, these are devices that will read credit cards and they can let you pay with your credit card at the ticket gate. But, they're limited to only one of these per ticket gate. Whoa. So, and they're not telling fans about them. So, you know, and there's multiple booths at a, at a gate. Right. Okay. So yeah, you pull yeah. up and it's like, am, am I at the one where I can pay with my credit card or am I not? And then it's, you gotta back up, move around or people got to run around where there's cars driving, not safe for anybody. And also like, basically they say, Oh yeah, you got to pay for your parking before you get here. But, you don't, you can pay with a credit card if you can get to wherever one of these clovers are. Mm-hmm. And, and that is uh, as best I can figure, it's going to be because they want to collect all that data um, that they'll get from fans purchasing things through the app and they'll, they'll get all that data that you'll have on the app and, yeah. you know, phone information, all that stuff so that they can sell it to other people. And that's why they would prefer that obviously. So, you know, n- not everything in here. Um, is just revealing information about the state of things for employees. There's stuff to learn in here about how they're treating the fans um, right. that uh, people maybe don't care about. Maybe they're like, oh, I always pre-order my, my tickets and it's easier and blah, blah, blah. But like if you – I know there's lots of people that would like to control their data. And, mm-hmm. and, and the royals are basically telling you you can't control your data and making it harder for you to control your data with the way that they've set up these systems. Um, and I, I think people deserve to know that
0: yeah as as they should that is certainly something that people are a lot more sensitive to nowadays and I'm saying sensitive not in a not in a negative connotation, okay. but it's something we're we're more aware of nowadays yeah. certainly i'm man jeremy i'm I'm really glad that you sent this over to me because just reading through all of this it's very it is very specific i yep. I will say that it's not it's not paint and broad swaths um but like talking about quote changing the employee share of the health insurance premium without notice. Yeah. I mean, like that's like that's not just game day stuff. Like that can be life changing stuff. Yep.
1: And um another wow. another pay thing that's in there is um oh god. I I had it in my head and then it just dropped out <laughs> of my head. Keep going. And then I'll remember no,
0: it's um, I, I'm really glad that you've been, you've been keeping tabs on this. Um, and it's, it's certainly something that that fans should be aware of, not just for, you know, standing with the, with the union and with their you know fellow workers, but for knowing it's not, it's not the employee's fault sometimes when
1: right, you know, exactly. things aren't exactly. happening the way it should be, you know, the Royals That's aren't the- giving them the tools. The impression I get from this document is that if the employees had their way, every parking ticket booth would have one of these clovers and you would be able to pay with your credit card easily and quickly and move on with your life. Um, instead of having to prepay and give all your your information, or you know, if you show up and you, you somehow know about this, or they offer this to you, like like I said, people maybe having to to back up and switch lanes to get yeah, to the right lane imagine. with the clover, or or people having to. Uh, my understanding is they could actually move it, so like parking ticket attendants would then have to run from one booth to another while people are driving past them and all this <laughs> stuff um but the i did just remember the pay thing i saw which was oh, yeah. uh, there's two of them there's one um the team was refusing to correctly deduct the union dues from the paychecks which was making people have to do it after the fact and mm. you know obfuscating like how much money is going where and doing what um making people's lives harder and then also this was a really interesting tidbit um in the original document here there is an accusation that the team is offering more money than was agreed upon to new employees. And when I followed up on that, they replied to our knowledge, no one is being paid more than the agreed upon amount. So if there's an accusation that they're offering more, but nobody's getting paid more, that tells me that the team is making promises and then not following through. And that That is 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 what sounds like not a good way to run a business, to just lie to people about how much you're going to pay them. That is very true.
0: So I am, um, I'm glad that we are getting more developments in this because I, I will say, Jeremy, that was the initial reaction by a lot of folks um, talking about like, Hey, they're just levying these charges just to push the negotiations in their way Mm -hmm. and get, like, no, it sounds like that the negotiations are already done for the next few years. That is yep. that has moved on, um, but they're still pushing forward and still right. getting more details about this. So yeah. I, I, I look forward to um, to you putting together something for RoyalsReview.com. Get get yep. your should thoughts. have something up
1: by the, the end of this week.
0: Heck yeah. Awesome. Get your uh, thoughts fleshed out a little bit more there well hey jeremy we're gonna take another ad break real fast just Let to, everyone process
1: that real quick yes
0: exactly exactly <laughs> we we are going to talk about some gonna be laying out some more of this, this core in regards to the royals and plus we have our royals review reviews stay tuned And we are back here on the Royals Rundown Podcast. Jake Milham here with Jeremy Greco. So, Jeremy, a friend of the podcast, Preston Farr, the other day, he put out at a tweet. At Royal T-
1: Miners, right?
0: Yes, at Royal Miners. Um, Royal great Miners. Great stuff. Great yeah. stuff. Great graphics. Um, I i am a part of his Patreon. and I Me too. Great Patreon. I would, yes. Great. Uh, like, truth, I'm not just talking this up for the podcast probably the best patreon for the topic that i've ever seen he's
1: also very responsive i ask him questions on there all the time about prospects or what does this mean or what is that and he he follows up very quickly very uh knowledgeably so like if you're looking for a really great source of like communication where you can ask your questions and get them answered highly recommend going to his patreon for sure for sure
0: but the what he put out this week it wasn't in regards to to prospects. It was him laying out his how his core looks like right now, and mm-hmm. this is we we've heard that word over and over and over again this season. But <laughs> the the team has been clear they want to use this 2023 season to identify. Okay, these are the players that we are going to move forward with just like they did in, you know, say 2011 and 2012. Like these are the players we feel comfortable building around. And let's see, he laid out his picks and his infield looks pretty solid. Uh, Vinny Pasquantino, Michael Massey, Michael Garcia, and Bobby Wood Jr. He only has one member of the pitching rotation, unfortunately, and that is Cole Reagans. He's missing
1: Um, one at least.
0: I'm sorry? he's missing one at least yeah at least at least um and then he has two All relievers those, in there AIL. yeah that also was a left i you know what i'm i'm blanking on who that is because you know he just kind of it's like a whisper in the wind you know it's, it's just Chris like <laughs> oh that guy i i never would have guessed oh my goodness jeremy <laughs> I never would have guessed do you. Do you like Chris Bubich?
1: Like, are, are you a Chris Bubich fan? No, I can't stand him. <laughs> you, mean, cut him. you mean you no, please, stand Please don't him. do that. I'm, I'm kidding. Don't do that.
0: <laughs> Jeremy is a huge Chris Bubich fan. Don't listen to him. <laughs> but, Jeremy, that, that got me thinking about, like, okay, we are evaluating all these players, right? There's plenty of players that are on this roster Somebody right now. Be. Yeah, I'm, I'm. If it ain't us, who who will do it then? <laughs> um, because yes, my my wife just said somebody more qualified would be doing that, and you know and that that is fair. I, I'm the one sitting in my house talking about the Royals while uh, there are people who do this for a living. But here I am. So, Jeremy, you you don't have to fit it into to Preston's list. Um, I am curious. Is there a player that comes to your mind that you want to see more of before you add them to the core? To your core, Chris that Boobich. is. Other than Chris Bubich,
1: yes. <laughs> My gosh. Uh, I just want to see more of him. <laughs> no, not, 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 hey, not how that hey. sounded. No, hey. no, no, that's not what I meant. It's not what I meant. Uh, anyway, moving on. <laughs> Dirty, dirty mind. It's in the gutter. So I kind of would push back on this a little bit. I am not ready to put, uh, Michael Garcia or Michael Bassey into my into my core. Um, really, Michael Garcia has a ninety-two WRC plus right now. That's not going to get it done at third base. Um, okay, he. I like him a lot. And he's absolutely a guy that I want to be in the core. I want him to make it, but I don't, I wouldn't put him there yet. Um, and the Royals might be better served to trade him to somebody else who could use a shortstop. And, and, Ooh. and get, uh, they might be able to get some good stuff back because I think as we saw today, for those of you watching the game, Michael Massey and Michael Garcia had an amazing. Oh yeah. uh, Michael Garcia with the diving flip to, to, or Massey with the diving flip to garcia who throws it to first to get the out reminder of infante and Alcides escobar that yep. was on the espn play of the week for like months and they had to like just be like no not anymore stop it um <laughs> yeah. you know it was it was a great play so obviously garcia can still play shortstop thing that might be the best move for them because they kind of have a bobby witt jr at shortstop thing going on but maybe yep, he good- he can he could get things figured out and get his get his bat going a little bit more um like i said i really like him so i hope that'll happen and and michael massey again he is hitting the tar out of the ball right now very exciting but and he's playing good defense but he was not good for a big chunk of this year and i know a lot of it was bad luck yeah but i i still need to see a little bit more and and right now is wrc plus is sitting at 71 um which second base with good defense you can you can go a little bit lower but not that low yeah. Um, not with not for your starter. So I need him to do what he's doing right now. He's already doing it. I need him to do it for longer, uh, the rest of the year, and then we can talk, I think. But if I was going to, I know that I'm, I'm pushing on you a little bit because you wanted one oh guy. Boy. And I'm, 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 but if I'm gonna, if We're I was fine. going to just add to the list that uh Preston gave us I Freddie for I think is a guy that really needs a look right now probably really gonna get a look right now with Salvi getting hurt yeah um he had an amazing weekend six out of twelve two home runs two doubles that'll play uh yeah. that'll that'll more than play like if you did that over a full season you would be, like, be crazy. Would be the best season ever offensively um so probably not that good, but he's <laughs> he's been much better than I think any of us expected. and let's see some more of him. let's see and and it becomes doubly important because of all the the smoke around Salvador Perez trade rumors right before the deadline yep. and a lot of people a lot of people are wondering if he gets dealt this off season. Um, a lot of smart people, a lot of connected people wondering that and and so I like to pay attention to those people whenever I can and and so if you're going to deal Salvi you're going to need a catcher next year and and Freddie Fermin might be that guy just kind of out of nowhere yeah and
0: I I certainly wasn't wasn't expecting Freddie Fermin literally the, the only drawback to Freddie Fermin right now is his, is his age like that's that's the only thing holding him back from I think having a legitimate chance to join this core. I think he could be a solid contributor to the to the team and kind of serve as a unexpected bridge, if you will, from Perez's good playing days to maybe a Carter Jensen or maybe a Blake Mitchell or somewhere in that yeah, I I would hope by then we're looking at Blake Mitchell <laughs> joining the major league but- roster
1: the the great thing if for is going to be the guy that he's been Mm because this is i mean it's not just this weekend that he's hitting he's been hitting basically all year and with limited playing time like he might play once a week and he was still hitting it was crazy guys don't do that um but if if this is who he is then if your core is ready to go if you're ready to compete next year he's still young enough to do that two years probably still young enough to do that if not like he's still cost controlled, still young enough that you could trade him and, and mm. uh, guarantee somebody wants a 29-year-old catcher hitting like Freddie Fermin is in a couple of years when they're ready to make a playoff run. Exactly. Guarantee it. I mean, they, they traded for Jonathan Lucroy when he was like 36. You know, they'll they'll go out. Any old catcher will do sometimes at the deadline. <laughs> and a 29-year-old who hits like Freddie Fermin does now would, would certainly suit a lot of teams uh, if that were available. That, and look, 1, 1. 1.7 um in 47 games, 143 That's a crazy bats. pace. That's yeah. A, That's insane pace. for a catcher.
0: Yeah. And I I will say, so I was looking at his baseball savant page. You know what? Everyone was pointing out, like, Bobby Witt Jr. being in the 99th percentile and a whole bunch of stuff. So I was curious, like, how are the other performers looking? And I was – surprised to see some of the framing metrics on Fermin and how well he controls mm. the bottom of the strike zone which is where a mm. lot of these royal starters line up at so he uh yeah, um, I mean,
1: that's that can be huge
0: yeah and he's an above average framer just at the at the bottom of the strike
1: zone he's he's so so at, still a big improvement over mj melendez and salvador perez behind the plate. exactly
0: exactly no shame to
1: them they're not good framers
0: no they they're not i think um i think salvador perez he's not one of the worst (laughs) thankfully um he has gotten better but he is still not good at all um all right moving on before we get too sidetracked here my pick for a guy that i want to join the core but i need to see more is definitely drew waters i mean the The guy is sure. the guy is 24. He came out last year. Oh, gosh, I forgot how young he was. I, I know. And that's the I mean, he was the Braves top prospect for a good while. And the Royals, you know, they they bought low on him and it looked like it was going to pay off to close out last season. This year, he came out, just wasn't looking like the same guy. And granted, I understand an oblique strain can be a nagging injury in baseball. Hey, I understand. I
1: His whole start to his season too.
0: It did. He only, he only played 37 games before in the first half of the season before the all-star break. So that certainly threw things off. But in that time, he just did not like look very good at all. 46 strikeouts and only six walks in 123 played appearances. That is not a great clip. And then even when he was hitting the ball, it wasn't producing much. He only had a 647 OPS, which is well below the the league average and not what you want to see from a guy with Drew Waters' power. Now, I will say this. In the second half of the season, he is turning it around a little bit. Um, 19 games, he does still have 21 strikeouts, but he has seven walks in Mm -hmm. that time so he is getting a little bit more disciplined at the plate plus his ops is up to 782 um three home runs eight rbis and 19 games so i will i will certainly take that and in a so with his season getting delayed due to injury we kind of lost sight of the Isbell versus waters um competition, if you will. You know, we we had Lorenzo Kane for so long in center field. Like he was the guy in center field. And we are looking for the guy again. Not not just a guy. We we're looking for the guys in uh in center field. The gus. The Gus. Um and I really want it to be Waters. He's young, he's cost controlled, and he's got he's got power to that plays in Kauffman Stadium. And
1: you, his you- He's a good glove. Go ahead, Go ahead Jim. I was just going to say, you, you want to know my favorite part about Drew Waters. What's that? He's a switch hitter because he's a tennis player. Oh, that's I, right. I was a switch hitter because I was a tennis player. Really? I didn't make it above Little League, <laughs> but I was a switch hitter in Little League. It was a good time. <laughs> and it's because tennis teaches you the backhand. And okay. you, can, you can bring that Almost directly from tennis to baseball, it's pretty cool,
0: huh? That is pretty cool. I have to do a little bit more digging into that, but it's—I really want to see some good stuff from him. Like, sorry, I'm just looking at his at his splits over the last yeah. seven seven days, which is five games. He has a yeah. one sixty-seven batting average, but a hundred and point oh, or sorry, a one point. 0-4-2 OPS and that's because he's had four walks to two strikeouts like this is, he he's a different player when he has good plate discipline it got the yeah. best of him to start off this year and he's a guy that I can live with a strikeout rate at about like 28 30 percent somewhere in there because he has that power
1: yeah it, the the strikeouts are a little concerning even post all-star break it's at 30 percent, like you were saying but that 110 wrc plus with only 289 babbip um that that's something yeah i'm i'm it's a heck of a lot more than they're getting from kyle isbell true
0: (laughs) yeah it is and i just i just want to see him put it together a a little bit more
1: just want to see a little bit more from him um he's he's certainly not a guy i'd be willing to give up on at age 24
0: yeah and and i agree and this is this is maybe something that i need to temper my expectations with in assembling a core for next season and beyond not every guy has to be the best at their position right that's true that makes
1: sense you need uh, to 2015 Kansas city Royals famously had El Cidiz Escobar leading off and he yeah. was not the best at his position.
0: Exactly. Exactly. You, you still need <laughs> to round out a lineup. Exactly. You know, and I, I don't, I would be curious to see how Matt Quatrero would manage El Cidiz Escobar and Omar and on this team. I think,
1: <laughs> there's no way Alcides Escobar is leading off for Matt Quatrero. Oh, heck no. no. There's no way. Heck no. Um, well, Analytics heck, say do not even do not. think about this for more than two seconds. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, man. If only we can go back in time, huh, Jeremy?
1: I, you know, I do wonder, though, as as much ire as that decision drew at times... There was also, you know, the sneak attack. Everyone was really excited when yeah. he went, I mean, he started the World Series with that inside the park home run thanks uh UNS Exactly. Um, and and uh there he definitely brought something uh ephemeral, uh, um, intangible, that's the word I really want, intangible to to the team, um provided an energy and a spark that I wonder if a more analytically correct leadoff hitter would have been able to provide.
0: That is true, but hey, we'll uh, we'll we have a long offseason ahead of us. I'm ar- I'm already looking to October, man. We, uh, we we can certainly break that down then, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, hey, let's go ahead and do some Royals review review, shall we, Jeremy? I think we shall. Okay, well hey, I'm I'm actually going to start us off this week if if you don't mind. Please. Um I would this is more of a shout out than review, I ain't going to lie. Um shout out to my wife, um her she has a business called Handmade by Honey. You can find her on Facebook and on Instagram. Um but she is starting to get back more into photography. It's something that she Um, worked with a little bit in high school and early on in college, but she put the camera down for a little while and she has been getting rave reviews after picking the camera back up. So that is, and you know what? I do public affairs. I do photography professionally, and I think it's great to see that she's such a natural at it and she enjoys it a lot and she just puts out good work and good art doing it. So If you want to go see for yourself, please check her out on Facebook or Instagram at Handmade by Honey. But Jeremy, go ahead. Check out your wife. I her work. Don't check out my (laughs) wife. Okay. All right. We'll. uh, uh, Ashley yells from that. Stop it, honey. Trying to protect you. (laughs) True. Oh man,
1: Jeremy. Please go ahead, sir. All right, so I've got two because one of them is a little bit of self-promotion, but, you know, what's the world with a little self-promotion? So yeah. I actually got a really cool opportunity to write for um, Exploits E-Magazine, okay. um, which is a publication by the Unwinnable website. Um, and I wrote an article called The Batman Problem uh, where I wrote about uh, the difficulty that video game series have in transitioning their protagonists, uh, whenever they move on. So, uh, for example, in, in, for so long, in, if you're in Gotham City, why would you want to be any character who wasn't Batman? And they tried yeah, to make uh, a, a game in Gotham City without Batman and it didn't do very well. And so I kind of took that and compared it to the Yakuza series, uh, which is a popular Japanese, uh, action adventure RPG series. Um, and they had to switch protagonists because they had had the same protagonist for like 20 years. And it was probably time to let him stop fighting for a little bit. Um, so I got to write that and it ended up being the cover article. So they made it available for free. Um, and there's a link to that on my Twitter page. Oh, yeah. Then to give you a real review, uh, I will go ahead and give you Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Just okay. came out on Disney Plus last week. And I was not super excited for it i know uh, i knew going into it that there was going to be like some cute animals getting hurt and i wasn't (laughs) going to be cool with that um and it does happen but it is so good even beyond that even despite that um it is it is a fantastic cap off to the guardians of the galaxy trilogy um the characters all really Uh, at this point feel fleshed out and and matured from where they were in the first movie Um, and it was really cool to see it's really, really hard to stick a landing to to find a good ending in stories. I see this a lot where you have a good beginning, you have a, you can even have a great middle. George R. R. Martin famously is having trouble because he can't end his series. He everyone's like, oh, the Song of Ice and a Song of Ice and Fire is so good, but yeah, he can't end it because he can't figure out how to do it in a way that he feels good about. Um, and that's why the books aren't coming out. In case you didn't know, now you know. That's why you, you. that's why it's happening um this movie really does end that story and it really brings everything together that we saw in the first two movies and it is it was a pleasure to behold and uh i hope everyone will give it a chance guardians of the galaxy is some of the best stuff that was ha- has happened in the mcu um the 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 what's his face that directs them i gun like gun yeah he um he's just so good as a director and a writer and and i really i'm not a dc fan but i'm excited about what he might do in the dceu now just from having watched him uh grow and mature with the mcu movies and and what he can do when he's really i he i don't think he had the creative freedom in these that he will in the dceu so mm. i'm excited to see how he could grow even further
0: I think uh, I think you saying mature is the is the right way to put the Guardians of the Galaxy trilogy, because it really started off as this kind of throwaway Marvel movie, if, if you really wanted to, and just seeing how it became integral to not only the the original um, storyline of the Marvel Cinematic mm-hmm. Universe, but just seeing how it got it. It heavier. could have been <laughs> we,
1: we've seen examples in the in the post endgame world where it's so easy to just throw some garbage at, at the wall and be like, ah, it's MCU. They'll pay for it. And, and just let that happen. And the guardians of the galaxy easily could have been that it was a property that not a lot of people knew. So it's like, are we really going to put a lot of effort and, and love and attention and money into this? But uh, James Gunn really took it to a, a really high level. And he's just kept that, that experience very high that is true that is true well hey thank you very
0: much for your review this week jeremy hey before we get on out of here any uh any last minute comments or uh rude noises for me uh i'm gonna pass this week thanks okay all right we we will circle back to you uh next episode how's that sound <laughs> great if if you want to find that article that jeremy was talking about or just follow him for his thoughts you can find jeremy on twitter at the that is h-o-k-i-u-s if you want to hear more of my thoughts for some reason, I um, I don't envy you one bit, but you can find me on Twitter at Jacob Milham KC. That is J-A-C-O-B-M-I-L-H-A-M-K-C, of course. But please, please, please follow the podcast on Twitter at Royal Rundown Pod. Also, you can find us on Spotify where you can participate in our polls. You can do some question and answers with us. And we, we really appreciate the support and feedback on whatever podcasting platform you, uh, you choose to listen to us through. But, Jeremy, thank you so much for joining me tonight. To all of you listeners out there, thank you for your support and listening. And until next time, go Royals.